we're live. Hello. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> so, how are you guys doing? Good. Very well, thank you. Yeah, no news to report? Um, mm-hmm. If you call domesticity a news, no. Um, let's see. I had a nice poopy this morning. <laughs> Scary poopy, but good poopy. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good to stay regular. <laughs> <laughs> Got this coffee, dog. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be closing out the two-part series on Father Oshwald and the settlement at St. Nazian's. Because I know I said Nazian's the whole time last time, and I'm sure that every Wisconsinite was... Uh, you know, anguishing some sort of beer and cheese, like <laughs> frothing at the mouth. It's 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 Nazians. I'm fucking rolling over in really? the crazy ass graves. Yeah, it's, it's it, I I was like, I don't know if I said it right, so I looked it up, and it's it's Nazians. Nazians. Yeah, that's always how I heard it. Nazily Nazians. So uh, last time we went over some of the urban legends that have been, you know, spread throughout the area, and we also kind of touched on some of the websites that tout St. Nazians as a hotbed of ghost activity. Mm, um, hot yes. tub. I mean, hotbed. Hot tub. <laughs> uh, so many of those, you know, they they had little to no validity to them. I mean, some were rooted in some sort of semblance to the truth, but it's mostly just internet crazy is going in there. Yeah, I'm um, gonna write about this. Type, 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 type. <laughs> I, I did whatever mom <laughs> shut up mom um i did find a site that posted this and i just thought it was really hilarious oh, boy. so <clears throat> the u.s headquarters for a catholic mystic cult which was forced to flee germany in the 19th century because of its secret practices mm, yeah. hotbed of pe- hotbed of pedophilia closet homosexual love triangles suicide fraud incest and even exorcism with an exclamation um, point yeah yeah they <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> they, they made it a real big point to have the exclamation That sounds points. like a good time. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Minus the pedophilia. You know, obviously that sounds really <laughs> juicy and good. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I scoured and I searched for anything that could give, you know, some evidence to any of these statements. Yeah. And I found nothing. Damn it. Yeah. Shocker. It sounds like a buffet of goodness aside from the incest and And dude, I really looked. I mean, I looked through court cases, databases, obituaries, wow, articles. I, I couldn't find anything. Um, Do you think that perhaps they kept a lot of stuff under wrap and because it was so long ago? Or? I mean, the, uh, that's a possibility, but then we kind of get into conspiracy, you know, conspiratorial know. Yeah. Um, stuff. So I, It's definitely a white picket fence kind of like well covered in cow shit but you know i could see how some things could be concealed but yeah you're right well i did find one thing that was had some semblance of truth it was um it was that urban legend about the student who hung himself in the jfk prep right yeah it was in it was said because of the horrible abuse from the nuns uh Mm -hmm. so um a girl did hang herself in 1975 but it seems like it had um something to do with her family life and not the school uh, the source said that they had contacted those who knew her, and that they had even um, that 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 they had even sent a copy of the suicide letter to them. Um, but out of courtesy for the family, uh, she wasn't going to release the oh, suicide boy. letter. Yeah, was that yeah, the chick that? Uh, yeah, that's really sad. Was that the mm-hmm. chick you think that Marie knew our aunt? Um, I don't. I, you I know, mean, I, I it, don't really know. It's that, hard to tell because I mean, of, yeah. it, 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 what that could have been circulating around forever. Yeah, you know? I mean, it was around that time, and. Um, yeah, I don't know if they, she really knew her. That was the only instance of suicide I was able to find at all. Really? Um, and I didn't, and it was honestly actually just from um, a ghost 
blogger, like hunting, like yeah, place. paranormal so site. I don't even know if it's really true. I I couldn't survivalist. Yeah, <laughs> I I couldn't find anything about it, like in the papers or anything. But I mean, you know, I mean, so so yeah, you know, take that as you will. I guess. I don't yeah, know. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well. Regardless, it's still a spoopy place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as far as the priests and stuff go, um, I mean, there were priests in the surrounding areas who were arrested or accused of sexual abuse, um, but but no one I could tie to the school. It was like you know, yeah. in kind of the surrounding areas, uh, particularly Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, nobody I could really tie to the school. Yeah, so. I mean, even though it's a big complex, it's still pretty small. Yeah, so I mean. So in the end of the day, it's all bullshit, kind of. Of course. Um, you know, very, yeah. very disappointing. I know. Well, I mean, it's it just shows you like how wild these urban legends can run if you just have like a creepy abandoned place, absolutely in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. and you and, know, and, and boredom. When we get yes. to the end of towards the end of the story, um, you know, we'll see a couple things that kind of like help to fuel those things. Okay, uh, so great. We'll, we'll get to those. Yeah. <laughs> so um, even though we couldn't find anything, you know, nice and juicy for the listeners, um, that doesn't mean that the story of Oshwald and the settlement isn't interesting on its own. So on this episode, we're going to talk primarily about the journey to creating the town and essentially how much it fucking sucked to be an immigrant settler in the mid-1800s. Oh, yeah, dog. Get a um, paper cut. You're dead. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> Hold on. I got a paper cut. Well, got to gotta put them down. Start sewing that <laughs> coffin dress. Yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> Go fetch some pine from the forest. Yeah, because children are like horses, you know, like, so, you know. Just the, take the her out back. Is, yeah, to take them out back. It's going to be too work. drawn out. <laughs> no, pa, I'll do it. Start digging that birth and shit, that birth and trench again. <laughs> so, so last time we left off, Oswald was thinking about leaving Germany. Um, before we actually get to the immigration, I want to go a little deeper into the reasons and uh, the reasons and events that led to his final pushback, since we kind of went over things in a cursory way in the last um, episode. Um, I've done a much better job of kind of disseminating and having the information. Um, so there's going to be a lot of information, but I hope that um, everybody finds it just as interesting as we did. Yes, and thank you for doing all the research. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no worries. It's an immense mm-hmm. amount of work. <laughs> all my training has come to this. <laughs> you can't <laughs> see moment. it, but here is a high five. Oh. Nice. <laughs> they heard it. They heard it. If I could reach you, I would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, let's um, begin the story. So we know that Oswald had been gaining a lot of popularity, and he had some radical ideas and beliefs about the Catholic faith. I think we made that quite clear in the last episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as he gained more notoriety, he also began gaining enemies who just seemed hell-bent on making life as difficult as possible for him. Bitches. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fucking catty. Catty priest. No. You can't sit with us, Oswald. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, he had been moved around um, quite a few times already by 1844, and he was growing immensely irritated. Um, here's what Oswald thought about his detractors' opinions. Quote, The enemies that surround me, the doctors who are full of gall and fear that they will have one less victim to, of their art to bury, and their minions in the bureaucracy used every available means, including the press, to make my name known through their mendacious ac- accusations. Ooh. Even if I'm only in Ballenberg, which is where he was going to be sent next, for a few weeks, I'll be a talking point, just as I am here in Stulingen? Stulingen? I'm gonna, I am going to fuck up a lot of these names. I don't yeah, know. I really should have 
looked up the, okay. Dude, they're breaking okay. his Ballenbergs. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like a diva, too. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Stulingen was uh, the place that he was uh, had just been transferred for. Mm-hmm. My support will increase, and they will follow me to the ends of the earth. I will be driven from one place to the next like a vagrant. It will be no fault of mine that my continual transfers will have the opposite effect from the one intended. Whether they leave me here or send me back to my benefice in Hammerseisenbach. Is that how we decided on Hammer, that one? Hammerseisenbach? Hammerseisenbach. Delicious. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my benefice in Hammerseisenbach. The blind storm and fury of doctors and officials will abate, and I will once again be able to continue my good work. And I will soon block out the shine. <laughs> That was a real soapbox quote. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but he's right, though. I mean, we'll get to Definitely. that in a minute, but he has some valid points. Um, sure. Things that, you know, well, we'll get to that in a second. Sure. So after being moved around about six or seven times in all by 1844, Oswald's popularity was still growing, but he wanted to gain some peace from all the chaos around him. In the beginning of 1848, Oswald proposed a shared solution to everyone's problems. He should leave. He desperately wanted to reestablish some peace and order, and the church wanted the same. Quote, I have now asked for leave and confess that I do not know of any other means to, to stem the flow of my support, which is depriving me of the peace I so earnestly desire. Were I to be granted leave, then I could spend some time out of the country. For experience has shown that my transfers around the country merely, to serve, uh, merely serve to increase the throng to an almost unbearable extent. I would rather simply get out of the way so that things might calm down. So it appears that the notoriety and the throngs of followers uh, were becoming too much for him, um, which is where the archdiocese plan of moving him around stupendously backfired, as I'd kind of mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. They wanted to isolate him and get him away from this from the followers, but it only worked in creating more followers and notoriety as every time they moved him somewhere, he just, you know tales of him followed in and he just got more and more uh followers so that was some one of his biggest valid points is he saw that but the church didn't seem to understand that that was what and they're just kind of like why why is all it's just not working i don't understand (laughs) well if you take something away from the people they're just gonna want it more yeah exactly yeah and you know and though you would think that his request um to leave was something that the church wanted you know kind of a, a quiet resolution to their problem uh, they initially denied the request, uh, stating that there was a shortage of priests. Um, and they were stubborn in letting Oswald go until his mystical writings came out in the public or came into the public eye in 1848. Oh, yeah. oh shit. So, you know, Oswald did have friends and allies. It wasn't like everyone was against him in the church. Um, you know, there were some parishes that gave him excellent references and were against his transfers. Um but when the mystical writings and apocalyptic messages came out, many of those who favored Oswald quickly retracted their support. And his uh, newfound uh, cure hairstyle and eyeliner. That'll, that'll do it. <laughs> He's a mystic. It will never get off the ground, Oswald. <laughs> You're living a pipe dream. Whatever, Mom and Dad. <laughs> so one damning judgment of Oswald was laid out in the following terms. Oswald is not content to carry on his miracle cures completely unhindered. It does not suffice that hordes of people from far and wide flock to wherever he is settled. He bewitches them with the nonsense he preaches, and they believe it more than the holy gospel. He goes even farther than that. He has recently appeared as the author of a piece entitled 
miscellaneous mystical writings by Father A. Oswald. <laughs> This wretched composition is a hodgepodge of nonsense, reverie, and idle fantasy, and is completely devoid of content. And it's low key turning everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> It is clear that the shred author chose the apocalypse and took the opportunity of filing this already grim book with prophecies which are well received by the people. This book is attracting considerable attention and had made a great impression on the common people, who are always eager for prophecies and are more inclined to believe in miracles than in what is good and true. It would be very difficult indeed to deprive Oswald of his support, as this miracle worker enjoys their considerable esteem. For the common people believe that he is in close contact through God through everyday occurrences. And I'm like not totally jealous or anything. With <laughs> <laughs> his stupid good hair, <laughs> sexy eyes. <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously, you know, that was. Really, how they thought about a lot of that. And that's just what they kept pushing. So finally, they reconsidered letting Oswald leave. And they stated We have given the simple minded, fantastic Oswald a hearing, and it is quite clear that he has not been telling the truth. Pilgrims dazzled by his powers, mostly women, fucking knew it, <laughs> flocked to Heronwise. This simpleton wants to emigrate to America, and some of the women want to go with him. We beseech the worthy diocesan authorities to put no obstacles in this lunatic miracle worker's way if he wants to leave our country. We should be very lucky indeed were we to be rid of such a madman. It is very doubtful that he will be able to continue his lunatic ravings on that continent. <laughs> so one thing to consider with this statement is that rumors had been flying around about Oswald, you know, from his miracle cures to his prophecies. His writings and teaching,、uh, teachings began to take their own shape in those who spoke for them or against them. One rumor that sp was spread around was that Oswald claim, claimed, quote, This year, all clergy in the district will die, except for me and the priests in Neustadt's. <laughs> in the parish of Bullertal,、uh, in the, sorry. In the parish of Bullertal, too, only two people will escape, and in Capel, only one. And hide your wife and daughters, everybody. Because <laughs> Ozzy's coming to town. <laughs> so, obviously, something like this is very upsetting to the diocesan authorities.、Um, but the mystical writings were the real turning point. Their tactic of simply just turning a blind eye to Oswald and continually transferring him、uh, began to include public condemnation from the pulpits.、Uh, many, par uh, many parishes and preachers were instructed to warn the faithful against reading Oswald's work. As they contain invented visions which are full of errors, which the Catholic Church had long since condemned as heresies, they are full of dreamy imaginings of future events which the Church considers abominable and which could also confuse simple hearts and minds. So, Don't you forget about me. <laughs> oh, yeah, simple minds.、Yeah. <laughs> Never forget the sleeves in that music video. So good. So. We might ask, you know, why not just let Oswald go? You know, why hold out and go through all of this trouble?、Um, one explanation, and this is, you know, kind of my, 
you know, my belief is, yeah. um, is that Oswald, well, he wanted to be let go on good terms with the church since he was, you know, at the end of the day, still a Catholic priest. Right. Um, another explanation might be that the church didn't want to let one of their priests go without attempting to reform him. You know, let, mm-hmm. letting him go before even trying might look bad for them, particularly with the growing adoration that Oswald was, you know, was receiving from wow. his throngs of followers. They, they use that a lot, throngs. throngs. Mm. <laughs> the throng, the throng, the throng. the way. A little bit of booty go. You know, just the more you just he gets sexier and sexier, you know. Make that booty go. So... In March of 1849, Oswald was threatened with suspension if he had... <laughs> he was really great at making the butt... Yeah, making that booty but, clap. But clap. Oh, he was threatened with suspension. He's like, oh, don't twist my tender nipples. <laughs> what a lot of people didn't know is, like, you know, the um, the donation dish. He was just able to, like, clench his butt cheeks and pull out a couple you know, <laughs> oh, no. couple coins. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Was, I haven't seen that before. really good at it. <laughs> Man, payout. <laughs> Jackpot. No, just take, take this one. <laughs> so anyway uh in march of 1849 oswald was threatened with suspension if he did not retract his statements prophecies and teachings he was told to report to saint peter's for a four-week stint of spiritual recollection mm-hmm. they stated that he should be brought there to come to his senses and learn how to obey the higher authorities of the church good luck saint peter's was a seminary where spiritual exercises were conducted to bring a change of heart to those who found themselves there Oh, wow. wow. A lot of spanking, I think. Oh, yeah. I fucking <laughs> hope so. <laughs> Self-flagellation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it it's basically just a religious reform and conversion seminary. Um, we know how that goes. Yeah, very much like, oh, yeah. you know, kind of like, pray the gay way. Shit. Mm. Goddamn. Yep. So they, um, they cut the person off from the outside world and overwhelmed them with instruction that was to be followed to the teeth. And sexy dudes. <laughs> God. That sounds horrible. This is punishment. It's more like heaven. (laughs) (laughs) But Oswald did not recant. Um, But he did give the church leaders a foreword of his writings to try to clear some of the, um, some things up on it. Um, On April 19th, 1849, he also repeated his willingness to resign under certain conditions, which is why I think, you know, he didn't want to be let go um, on bad terms, you know, or they didn't want him to go on bad terms as well. Um, You know, because they kept doing that, like, just like, you know, conditions and, and trying to negotiate and it just never really got anywhere for a well, while. Well, I mean, if Catholicism has taught us anything, that's, uh, you know, discipline. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. a huge mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And, and denial. And forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, you know, the archiepiscopal authorities uh, were not convinced by his foreword. Um, and they passed a resolution <laughs> banning the distribution of the writings until he make the changes and they provided him with points and page references on what he needs to change. Do you, do you think that this was stressing him out or empowering him? Very much stressing him out. Yeah. Yeah, very much yeah, so. Yeah, I yeah. could, yeah, by the quotes you were saying earlier, I think so too. Yeah, and, and we'll kind of talk, we'll, he'll, he'll talk about that more. But yeah, it, it that, that was kind of like what I said at the, uh, you know, earlier was it was, all this was just stressing him the fuck out. And which was know. bringing on crippling hemorrhoids. <laughs> well, uh, we're very obsessed with his butt. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Hey, Ozzy, let me see that brown eye. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ozzy. So, Oswald, seeing no way out, made the declaration demanded of him, and he made the changes. Um, and he was granted permission to leave after this. Um, he told them that he wanted to go to England to dedicate himself to scientific and literary studies. Nice. And assuming that Oswald Good was time. falling in line, 
um, and believing that the affair was dying down, they instructed him to act as curate in charge of another parish in Hofsgrund in 1850. So they didn't let him go to England, but they kind of transferred him again, I guess. Sure. Just kind of... You know, they they were like, okay, so it seems like he's falling in line, but let's, you know, let's not give him... Just as kind of a reminder, was he also accused of sexual pro- proclivities with women or anything like um, that? Not that I know. No, no, he just had a lot of women followers. I think oh, that's true. really, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, yeah, he just had, um, yeah, a lot of women followers. I think he was... Re- he was incredibly devout. I mean, I'm sh- okay. I'm sure that okay. the rumors flew around, um, but nothing that I found in my research. Okay, um, quite but, scandalous. But you know, mm-hmm, but we can mm-hmm. imagine the kinds of things that were floating around. Here. I'm yeah, sure. for sure, yeah. especially you know the 19th century. I mean, mm-hmm. if you even looked at someone wrong, they're like pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so they send him to Hofskron in 1850. Um, believing that, you know, he was kind of falling in line. Uh, This, however, was not the case, and the stories of his prophecies and medical deeds continued to circulate and generate support in the rural areas. Mm -hmm. Um, So thus, the church continued to assert that Oswald was a threat to law and order. Uh, In the previous episode, I had kind of mentioned how the lower class and rural people were flocking to Oswald from far away and on their own means. Um, I think this quote is interesting and really elucidates the you know, the main concerns from the authorities' standpoint. Um, Heather, if you want to take that? Yeah. The number of these pilgrims has been increasing to such an extent in the last few weeks that already in some places, more than 100 people have made the long journey to Hofsgrund. That's where Oshwald had been transferred in, uh, excuse me, 1850. As a rule, they return half mad. Apart from the fact that traveling costs so much in these hard times, it means that these people also do not want to work anymore. They spend all their time praying under the illusion that everything will be thrown into confusion and the world will end next April, as predicted by the curate in charge, Oswald. Whoa. So, again, kind of like... Bummer city. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, but like the Rome example I gave on the previous episode, um, you know, these people were no longer being participants in the state and economy, or at least that was the fear. So you know, they were no longer good little workers to produce for the state, you know, and that's very disconcerting yes. to, particularly with the secular authorities, you know, um, yeah. the religious ones. Yeah. But really the, for, you know, the growing secular state, it was, uh, yeah, very disconcerting. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> you know, and the last episode we had kind of talked about how, um, you know, you know, like what what was the climate of Germany in the in the eighteen hundreds? Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to make a couple side notes. Um, yeah. I didn't actually write these down in the notes, but uh, it was something that I did. Um, so Catholicism was kind of on its way down. So you could understand why the Catholic Church was like really like grasping to keep some semblance of control, um, and also the uh, Prussian state had started slowly to unify the germ because germany was made of you know city states and other countries right so the prussian army was coming in to unite germany into one which would happen which would happen a few i think you know towards the end of the century so um shit was about to get real yeah no really yeah yeah yeah, it was um it was very bad you know you had something called the hungry 40s in the 1800 where there was a slew of like famine um, oh, just crop, wow. yeah, you know, crop um, failures and things like that. So a lot of people were going hungry around this time. Oh man! So you know the roots of what you know. Yeah. So you see, you know, so you see like war on the horizon. You see, you know, political, um, you know, disorganization. You know, famine, things like that. So you know, that's one really main reason that Oswald's 
apocalyptic messages really hit home for a lot of people because it really did look like the end of the world that to makes many sense, people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I just remember Katie, you had asked kind of last time and I didn't really touch on it. So I, I figured, and just kind of for our listeners as well, um, that's not only the climate that was happening around Oshwal, but the climate that was happening in, um, you know, the German states. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like and, a boiling pot at this point. Yeah. And then you have the Industrial Revolution, which we talked last time was, you know, Oshwald saw that as, you know, as you know like especially trains for some reason like steam <laughs> engines he saw that as like the harbinger of the, of the apocalypse train like just the, passes the... him and he's like <laughs> god damn it train power <laughs> 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 of christ compels you <laughs> so <laughs> one thing that especially scared the church was talk of people wanting oswald to be the new pope Oh. Yeah, um, you know the the conservative Catholic churches saw this as a threat to their relationship and orientation towards Rome and the papal authorities, um, which you know it as Catholicism was kind of de- you know not declining, but it, it wasn't holding as much power as it used to because of you know the growing secular states, right? Um, and communication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they they thought of that as something that needed to be sa- uh, safeguarded in these you know more secular times. Um, and they were also being, you know, they were scared of being overthrown as well. Um, they believed that Oswald was stirring up local people with his tales of eminent war and the overthrow of the state. And it seems like they almost saw him as a rebel who wanted to take power by using fear and religious belief. They're just like, man, keep it cool. And, you know, this is all exacerbated by Oswald's application to start his own association. The Spiritual Magnetic Association. I mean, you had said that it, this was all stressing him out, but at the same time, it seems like he's going hard in the know, opposite I, direction. I feel of, like this is also well, yeah, motivating him a lot. I mean, yeah. for better or worse, one thing you can say about Oswald is he stuck to his convictions. Yeah, okay. You know? I mean, like, however he might comes off um, by the end of this, uh, he always stuck to his guns. For That's the most, true. For the most part. That's true. I mean, he wavered at some points, which we'll get to a little later. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he felt very strongly about things, you know, which is why I don't think he's a charlatan. You know, I think, sure. I think he actually believed the things that he said. Well, that's cool. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I was kind of doubting well, that yeah, for a bit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought he was like a slice of shit or something. No, but, I, yeah. Uh, I don't think he was like a grifter or because he never got anything out of all this. I mean, that's true. you know, like he could have played it safe and, you know, lived a much you know a more stress free uh, free life and things like that but he yeah i mean yeah you know no matter what you can say he stuck to his convictions he's like so. fuck you man so um the spiritual magnetic uh, magnetic association um so doing this was not seen as a ba- as bad and usually harmless as associations put on events for pilgrimages and veneration of saints uh you know they did a lot in the kind of catholic community mm-hmm. but coming from oshwald this was seen as an attempt to further legitimize himself and kind of rise up in the ranks to gain power right um oshwald advertised the association as such the spiritual magnetic association the blast of an angel's trumpet through the world Beside him in the gent cove, gathering the branches onto the ark of God in the new Jerusalem. So one of the archbishops, Archbishop Vicari, 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 <laughs> Vicari. I think it's Vic, I think it's Vicari, but I just Vicari just sounds a lot better. Um, one euro, one euro. 
Por <laughs> 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 He uh, he made his feelings on this on this new association quite clear. Oswald's vain aspirations could result in the formation of a new sect. It is thus imperative that he be officially got out of the way, as people are flocking to him in ever-increasing numbers. On many occasions in the past, Oswald applied for permission to emigrate. It would be best to grant him permission and suspend him from duties in out bishopric. It is very dangerous to let him continue his present activities. You done got gut. <laughs> <laughs> so through, uh, through church law and loopholes, they finally suspended Oswald for misconduct and disregard for the prescriptions of the Council of Trent in the administration of the Sacrament of Penance. So for those of you who don't know, the Council of Trent was held in the mid-1500s during the Reformation. Uh, it was basically Trent. where the Catholic Church officials made decrees and defined dogma to clarify the Catholic stance on certain catechisms and scripture. It was basically a fuck you to Protestants. Dude, I'm just totally thinking of Grandier! (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, but saying that he, um, you know, saying that he basically, like, went against the Council of Trent, it made it a lot easier to sanction him. And, you know, kind of with with a little less fuss and save them from having to make really complicated and time-consuming justifications on doing so. So one thing they overlooked is that the accusations they made were based on rumor and very little official investigation. So this gave Oswald a window to argue and prove that he had not in fact gone against the Catholic dogma or the prescriptions in the Council of Trent. And as a result, he was not suspended, but still instructed to go to St. Peter's to be moved to perfect obedience. Wow. Oh boy, what's that code for? <laughs> Man, yeah. he's getting fucked. Bring out the paddles, boys! Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) Uh, He was also ordered to stop writing and sharing his thoughts and feelings. Jesus, man. Uh, Oswald still fought to keep the Spiritual Magnetic Association running, stating that he would comply with the church in this matter. In the meantime, the church asked the six neighboring parishes to check on the validity of the rumors um, that they had been kind of hearing. They just wanted to bolster their claims, you know, try to give another shot. Um, Oswald found... All of this intolerable, and he just wanted to leave Baden in the Archdiocese of Freiburg. I mean, it was just like, you know, on top of everything, now you've got like, you know, Catholic spies, you know, like right. on your ass all the time. And he's probably always like, "Stop trying to read my diary." <laughs> <laughs> he's Why just... are you trying to read my diary? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just trying to do his thing. He's just trying to really, yeah, just. Yeah, I like Brian. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's just kind of sad. Yeah, Yeah. it is. You know, like, and that's the thing is, like, you start to feel a little less bad for him as the story goes on. But at this point, I I do feel, like, kind of bad for him. Yeah, he's really being held down. He says some wacky shit. But, you know, it's... (laughs) That's true. Like, like kooky or wacky? Oh, man. (laughs) A little bit of kook, a little bit of whack. Well, call him in, call him B. That's right. (laughs) So, um, Oswald claimed that this Canada... This... Yeah. Oswald claimed that this chaotic and slanderous atmosphere was contributing to his poor health. Hemorrhoids. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and uh, he no requested joke. another uh, leave of absence. You know, he just he just tried again. Y'all are yeah. like really hurting my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
It could easily be said that Oswald's main opponent during this time is uh, was Arch- Archbishop Vicari. 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 Uh, he kept right, vigilant right, 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 in shutting right, right, right. down Oswald's association and asserting the dangers of it, of its existence. Um, in June of 1851, the association was banned. This decision was uh, this decision was preached from the pulpits. Vicari expressed his official view on the association in this quote, and it's a little lengthy. What but... were those, uh, the, the, the parental um, control labels on CDs and stuff like that? Uh, oh, explicit. Yeah. Um, uh, parental parental advisory. advisory. Yeah, he's totally getting that shit all up on him, and everybody's probably like, oh, wow, well, I got to read this or listen yeah. to this guy. He's like, <laughs> that's true. He's yeah. like Manson or something. Like, I got to get my hands on that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is Archbishop Vicari. We consider ourselves repeatedly obliged to warn you most emphatically about the writings of the priest Ambrose Oswald. Although they have already been prescribed by the church authorities, these texts are unfortunately still viewed by the people as a rich source of faith, devotion, and piety. This is not so. Indeed, they contain erroneous ideas that the church has long since discarded. These writings about... I'm sorry, I got a bunch of spit in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. That <laughs> sure is. Okay. <laughs> These writings abound with imaginary visions, fantastic reveries and prophecies, and serve to form fanatic tendencies. We are firmly against the so-called spiritual magnetic association, which under Oswald's leadership is spreading to some places in our diocese. It is true that this association has already been prescribed by the leading church authorities. However, many people pay no heed to this, and therefore once again we earnestly enjoin the faithful in all conscience to refrain from joining any of these prescribed associations. They have their origins in the diseased imagination of a poor man, and have no clear purpose. Associations like these which start up without the church's permission, easily lead to the renunciation of the church. As we have good reason to fear this, we can already predict that some members are even now reluctant to submit to the judgments of the church. They no longer humbly accept the word of the legitimate church authorities. They themselves pose as judges and speak of a higher inner inspiration. Like metaphysical pudding. (laughs) Don't eat it up, everybody. (laughs) I know it's like audible chocolate, but no. (laughs) So, Vicari here makes the case that Oswald is an intellectual contagion that must be, that must not be able to be spread. Um, He just, you need to stamp that out quickly if you, you know, want to maintain that power. You know, and also a thing is that one reason that they really didn't like Oswald was because he was really against the rich and powerful and politicians, secular politicians. And for the church to maintain some of their power, especially in this growing secular time, um, they sort of had to align themselves with these like powerful rich people, which Oswald just vehement, vehemently did not I want mean, to do. I mean, I'm sure all of the 19th century, every monarch or every, you know, state was probably like, ooh, the French Revolution happened. Actually, and, that's oh really God. funny that you bring up the French Revolution because yeah. that was a huge thing that um, Oswald would cite constantly Absolutely. As, as another, you know, sign of the apocalypse. And I mean, it was still super present in everybody's mind, well, even though about it had been, you Napoleon know, Napoleon hadn't, I think it was like, 
it wasn't that long ago from this time. No, like, for sure. Know. And fashion was still reflecting that kind of um, letting go of aristocracy and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's just, you know, there's just one thing. Um, I just kind of top my head that I remembered um, why, you know, another reason that they didn't like Oswald, you know, and they saw yeah, him absolutely. as, you know, as something that needed to be stamped out quickly if they were to maintain that power. Yeah. They need that money, you know? Mm-hmm. Actually, that is a big thing. Yeah, money is, you know... Yeah. Is, is a huge part of it. You know, we still need churches. We still need to, you know, keep our convents and, you know, people open. and Gold-gilded pulpits, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Ballin'. <laughs> so, finally in December of 1851, Oswald was suspended, and he was granted his uh, request to leave. He stayed in Hofsgrund until March of 1852, and Oswald also informed his superiors that he would resign from the ministry as long as God willed it, and until such times as conditions were more favorable. Oswald distanced himself from his supporters, and he went back to school to further his education in homeopathy and medicine. Uh, he just wanted to legitimize himself as a more as a healer, you know, like actually kind of have that, that I guess, I don't know, like that fall, degree? Fall like, back I'm or? not a hippie. <laughs> well, no, it was just like, you know, it was like in the last episode we talked about how, you know, he practiced medicine without a proper medical degree. Oh, gosh. So if he so got that medical did. degree, he might still be able to be in this in good graces and be able to continue doing his things right. under, like, I am actually now an accredited, um, you know, physician. Wacko. Yeah, an accredited <laughs> wacko. Um, his past and followers caught up with him, though, um, and that added more pressure on him oh, as he was man. trying to legitimize himself and learn. So they're like outside, like, Oshwald, we love you. Oh my god, I like, oh, I like Oshwald. miss you so much. Remember that one time you like grazed my hand? That was like so awesome. Do you want to be Pope it. or something? It's got gangrene. Ozymania. We all got signs outside. Wasn't <laughs> it titties? I brought some of your underpants in the trash. <laughs> So as the pressures mounted, he left school and he went back to his supporters. So kind of like we said, he didn't finish. He he just left. It was just it was just too much. Well, I mean, it, it, if you have that sort of support following you around, and I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, groupies. No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we could say it may have been the stress, but it also may have been the financial difficulties he found himself in. You know, as, oh, yeah. as he started to disconnect himself more from not only his supporters, but other people, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard when you're in dire straits. Yeah, he is to... probably fucked. Yeah, it was rough. Um, so he went back to his supporters and kind of made the resolution that he was going to invest himself entirely into them. And now that he had them behind him, he was able to like turn his back on the archbishop, like, you know, officially. Right. Um, Because it's like now, well, I have all these people behind me and who support me, so now it's not so so much of a burden to do so. Well, that guy sounds really fun anyway, you know? (laughs) Don't they all? (laughs) So uh, this is um, when he asserts his desire to emigrate to America with his supporters. Before, he kind of wanted just to move somewhere else, but then the prospect of America comes up. And that's so this is at this point where he actually says, I want to go to America. Um, And here's what he says, quote, I have now come to the decision to travel to America sometime this year, as soon as my circumstances permit. I have already received instructions from the Reverend Archiepiscopal authorities, which stated, if I was not prepared to abandon my following, then we would go somewhere where we could, uh, where we would be out of touch with the world. As I could not comply with the first request, I take it as the will of God that I follow the latter course. God knows that we have nothing to do with separatist tendencies in matters of faith. Our separatist tendencies are restricted to the affairs of this world and with our present living conditions. 
Man, cue the 60s music. This is the dawning of Aquarius. <laughs> Everybody's fucking frolicking in white in America. Flowers everywhere. Fuck yeah. yeah Fuck yeah. I, I think that's what they thought America was going to be like. Like Ooh. parades with Shriners. That's going to happen. All the brats and polka you can handle. <laughs> you know I hear there are mountains of brats out there. <laughs> going out Wisconsin way. <laughs> so now we're at st- immigration time. Moving on up. <laughs> so Oswald commences emigration to America, which he saw. Um, and Trevor puts this a really interesting way, and I really loved how he put it um, as a kind of Noah's Ark. Um, oh. It was going to be a place of refuge, but with a... rats and cats and dogs and shit, and like a couple bags of rice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at my penis. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little Noah joke there. I was like, I was like, I was like, damn. <laughs> I know, see, I didn't get it, so I'm just like, Chris. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have given that a little more context. <laughs> So anyway, so like I said, Trebier puts it as that Oshwal thought of it as an, as a kind of Noah's Ark. It was going to be a place of refuge and escape from the impending flood of righteous vengeance and doom. He wrote this doom. in his mystical writings. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. The church will have two great wings, like the wings of an eagle, mm. in order to fly across the seas to America. Wow. Catholic- Bad company! <laughs> <laughs> Catholic priests and anyone else who adheres to the Catholic faith will have to emigrate to America. That is what we must understand by the two great wings. God will, refer, uh, God will reserve them here, and he will not punish them in the new world until such times as the old world had been punished. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm the Midnight Rider. I'm just going to get on my hog. I want to run free. Get out of your box and ride. <laughs> it's poetic, but it's just like, it's got bandanas and eagles all over it. <laughs> my love, my love, and my lady is the sea. I'm on it. What's that? Uh, it's always sunny. Rock, flag, and eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Well, oh he had the God. right idea. He was coming to Dude, America. He's like yeah. turned from Robert Smith to a fucking biker to like Sid Vicious in my head. Like he's so <laughs> fucking leather daddy punk rock in my head. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, he was a badass. He'll be like Charles Manson by the end of this. Oh God. <laughs> oh yeah. So after getting the okay from Oswald's good friend Archbishop Vicari, Vicari, who was honestly Vicari. really glad to see him leave. He was honor- honorably dismissed. Well, that's nice. He's like, don't let the door slap your ass on the way out, fucker. Yeah. Which honestly, like, I think everything just came to a head. And so yeah. they're just like, yeah, you're, you're, you're honorably, be honorably dismissed, which is kind of like what he kind of just wanted in the first place. Oswald yeah. you know? just goes up to his face and he's like, I like to get kissed before I get fucked and like knocks a book out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> So, um, those who were going with Oshwald to the New World, about 113 in all, gathered in Strasbourg. They traveled to Paris and then to Le Havre. Le Havre. Le Havre. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, uh, they would embark to America. 
So I couldn't find much about the journey, only that it was uneventful, aside from rough seas and some sickness. But if we know anything about traveling on ships across the ocean in the mid-1800s, Fucking it was not pleasant and very unsanitary. Oh, God. Scurvy for everyone. Yeah. Oh, you limey bastards. Even though you're not British, but I'm sure y'all are just fucking dying for some lime. For vitamin C. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Scurvy Travels. Come get your scurvy right before you go. Here you go. Wait, so with scurvy, is that the disease where it it starts to um, change your bones, or like what happens with scurvy? I'm not really sure. It's, it's a vitamin deficiency. Uh, I mean, it makes vitamin your C deficiency. Bones brittle. Wait, uh, vitamin D or C? C. C. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. why, because it's like that. Yeah, that yeah. citrus. So, um, well, I think so. I guess it might affect the you know your your calcium intake possibly right. yeah, i guess i don't really know because i know like with like uh, a big problem in the early 1900s was with people with like rickets and stuff was because they weren't getting enough sunlight oh my goodness so Jesus. It, yeah it caused uh, like weak bones you wonderful like that. vampires <laughs> that's great yeah for some reason when i was a kid i thought i remember seeing um someone's skeleton in the british museum that was affected by scurvy and it began to warp their bones. Yeah, it, yeah, the bones but, bow and, and it, like, like that. in some cases, especially in children, it gets fucking nuts because I they're. Yeah, I don't know if that's because I know rickets is the same, so I'm not sure really? if it's rickets or scurvy. God, sounds like fun. Because I, I thought I thought scurvy was like you get swords and shit. Dude, sounds like the Disney cruise over here. I really just I, I just know scurvy from boats. So, yeah, you know. yeah, it's just a uh, it's that <laughs> sailor's disease. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> scurvy not, not to mention scurvy. all the not to mention all the rats gnawing on your eye burgers when you're sleeping Ooh. <laughs> oh god <laughs> hey. so they arrived in new york on august 10th eight, uh, 1854 many were really sick from the journey and had to be taken care of before traveling to wisconsin Two women uh, died due to complications from illness in New York. You know, not not bad, not bad. Yeah, two's pretty good. Too, too bad. Too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're going to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. fuck. So uh, these yeah. two deaths would mark the hardships and deaths that would uh, plague the colony on their way to their New Jerusalem. Jesus Christ! Uh, they're calling it New Jerusalem. Yeah, that, that's what they thought of it as. It's it's like kind of like I had talked about the um, you know the um, the Munster Rebellion in the 1500s. That's what they consider. They took over the town and they considered the New Jerusalem because that's the place where the actual the truly faithful are going to be saved. It is like exactly what it sounds like. It is the New Jerusalem, the city of God. Ooh. So Oswald and some of the men left by train to head for Milwaukee. They stayed there for some time trying to procure land. Many of the pioneers got sick and a few died there before they even found land or found, you know, someone to procure it from. Right. All these deaths did not deter Oswald as it was Fuck yeah. <laughs> far too late to turn back or change plans. He's like, I got bitches for miles. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he struck up a bargain and he purchased 3,840 acres of land for 350 per acre, which is about roughly about 100 an acre in today's money. Ooh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they were, the, uh, contract was that they were to pay it off in five installments with a hefty down payment. So once the deal was finalized, he sent six men to locate the land. Anton Stoll was one of these men. Oh, Anton. What's up, boy? Stoll. 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 So much butt stuff. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everybody call me Anton Stoll? <laughs> Stooly, Stooly. Oh, <laughs> so they went as far as the trail would go until they reached a dead end. The legend says that a white heifer appeared and showed them the way to their land. 
Hey, boys. I'm, I'm, I'm more like, come on, come this way. I've got something to show you. Stop looking at my udders. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so with axes, they began cutting their way through to the location of their new land. They looked around at the at their new land. I just said that a lot in one. With their shirts open well, there's a, and their the, chest I mean, listening. They're going to their new land. Yeah. So, so they came there and they looked around and it was nothing but thick, unyielding swampland and wilderness. Fuckabees. So they made a crude cross out of wood and planted it, in, planted it into the ground, finally claiming the land they had journeyed so long to get to. I'm glad they have their priorities in order. I know. I was just thinking that. <laughs> so the six men began to toil away to make an area that would be habitable. So basically just clearing the land. Uh, they worked tireless, tirelessly and with little food and sleep. Oswald arrived shortly after with more wow. men to expedite the process. And this is, is and this is Saint Nazians, huh? This is what would become Saint Nazians. What you know, you'd go there and you'd never think it was that swampy. Well, you'll you'll kind of see. Um, yeah. I oh, mean, okay. Obviously, you know this was it's like marshy, this was but... wild, untamed land at the time. Yeah, so, I for mean, sure. You know, obviously, a lot you know, of like, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of human impacted, heavy handing. Yeah, yeah it's combed combed out to mostly fields in that area, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then just patches of, of thick forest. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they would call the colony Saint Nazians in honor of Saint Gregor of Nazians. He was a fourth century theologian and the Archbishop of Constantinople. Not um, Istanbul. Hmm? Nothing. <laughs> um, Oswald often saw himself as a parallel to um, St. Gregor. So for Generally, it was the, the very communistic ideas that they both held. So um, he put up his like po- poster when he got there, had a little locket <laughs> of St. Gregor. Just slowly like, slides his hand on it. <laughs> gives, it a, gives it a soft kiss. <laughs> Shh. On September 13th, my birthday. Your birthday! Yay! The first death wait, wait, wait. of the... <laughs> the first death! Woo! Hey, high five! Happy birthday <laughs> to, to you! <laughs> so on September 13th, the first death on their new land occurred Aww. when a falling tree crushed a young man named Xavier Gunter. Oh, no. Oh, poor Gunter. <laughs> this would prompt the men to find a spot that would be the new cemetery, which is one of the first things that would be erected in the town and a very fitting metaphor for the toll their dream would produce. That's amazing. Wow. So they're just like, well, kid died here. Let's just uh, make a cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, like what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. That's... So as more of the settlers began to arrive, they went into high gear, clearing the woods and building houses. Some had become disillusioned by the hardships and left before even reaching the settlement. And some had died. Only 70 people would settle in St. Nazians that first winter in so 1855. They, they lost like 43? Yeah. Wow. God damn. That's rough. Yeah. That's a good chunk. That yeah. is a good chunk. Yeah. I mean, it's deaths and then just people just leaving. You know, it's just like this This was not what I signed up for kind of thing. Like, like you were supposed to have this stuff figured out. You know, I, that's what I'm sure the sentiment was at the time. You know, and it was, it's obviously that self-preservation comes in, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, Ozzy, I think you're like really cool, but uh, I lost a leg. I'm gonna go. I'm done. I like that you're calling him Ozzy. It's really- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he just wants to see the Oz, man. <laughs> so they had little food, and the work was exhausting. But they kept soldiering on. This was back-breaking work. They only had a pair of oxen to help them bring huge logs of wood uh, from the woods nearby to help make their cabins. So they had to carry them by hand. Sometimes it would t- uh, it took up uh, sometimes it took up to sixteen men to carry one giant log from oh the woods, my God. Yeah, and damn. they often did this twenty times a day. Ugh. Woof. Oh, yeah. But they dogs. were stacked though. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Fucking chiseled. Um, <laughs> that, that's that Wisconsin stock right there. But I bet they were not. Must. I bet they were pretty skinny too. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, yeah. They had little food. You know, it was, it was just but just soldiering on. You know. Oh goodness. So since they had arrived towards the end of the year, winter came as they were still erecting the colony. Budge nuts. Mm -hmm. It was recorded that about one half of the community suffered from cold fever and other illnesses brought on by exhaustion, lack of proper food, and other complications. Uh, By the end of the year, six more would be in the cemetery. Wow. And even though this seemed dismal, they had their faith and they had each other. Aw, that's cute. Which probably is what really kept them going. That's really true, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, They still set aside time for prayer and mass and even held a marriage and celebrated a newborn child. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's like hard, but things are looking okay. You know, I'm sure they're trying to stay optimistic as much as they can. Yeah. Um, You know, things began to look up for them and outsiders actually began arriving to the colony, kind of hearing about their approach and, you know, word being uh, disseminated about Oswald, you know. Right, yeah. Bring in some rhubarb torts for him and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Some yeah, pasta yeah. salads. Mm-hmm. Casseroles. So some of the outsiders stayed, and others um, either left or were sent away as they didn't have the proper devotion and faith that was required to become a full member of the community. I wonder what that test was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, we'll, there's something, we'll get to something in a little bit. Okay, right? great. <laughs> so they had a good harvest and began raising cattle, but their good times would not last. God damn it. The next year, a house burned down. And another of the men was killed by, can you guys guess? Uh, a white ox. Another falling tree. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Those fuckers come out of nowhere. I know, right? <laughs> oh my God. Fucking pains. <sighs> 1857 would prove to be a trying year. The colonists had planted their crops for this, the growing season of 1857. The spring seemed to yield to favorable conditions and their crops grew bountifully. However, the favorable, the favorable conditions did not last either. Their crops were ruined by a hailstorm, but they were not discouraged. There's some wicked hail up there, too. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Ugh. Do you remember that there. storm that was like, I don't know, like 10 years ago in everybody's houses? And we'll were... get to that. Oh, shit, okay. In the <laughs> same year, some of their cattle, it's reported about 6 out of 20, wandered off into the swamps and died there. Oh. So that's not an, an, an insignificant loss no. in that time, you know, that's, yeah, that sucks. Wow. So... Then in early May, a fire broke out again and almost leveled the settlement. Wow. But they say a timely rain came and helped to keep the entire settlement from burning down. Well, that's good. After that fire, another one broke out in a barn that had been constructed. There's the year probably before. some motherfucker that's like, I'm the fire starter, twisted fire starter. <laughs> and Ozzy's probably like, There's a confessed arson here. <laughs> it's the ancestors of um, Prodigy. Yeah, Prodigy. <laughs> well, I'll turn away, just set your matches on the table and nobody will look. <laughs> so about that about that uh, barn fire, a chronicler wrote through the thoughtlessness of a woman. It was set afire and burned down completely with a new windmill only a few days later. I bet it was someone taking a shit and they lit a match and then it like kind of went, you know, haywire (laughs) and they're like, it was her. And it was my wife. (laughs) Are they building their stuff with cotton? Like what is going on here? He who smelt it dealt it. (laughs) (laughs) She who denied it supplied it. So if we recall... Oswald had purchased the land and was contracted to pay for the land in five installments by specific dates. Right. So by 1856, going back a little, uh, they had not been able to meet this contractual obligation, and they asked for an extension. Uh, the real estate broker denied the request, and the matter was taken to court. From this point on, courts are going to play a huge part in the story. Oh, shit. Yes. 
So the judge ruled Poor that, guys. yeah, the judge ruled that the real estate broker could sell as much of the land as was necessary to pay the missed installment owed if the columnists could not pay it on their own by a, another put, like a, a court put specific date. Wow. So in 1857, they could not pay the third installment again. So the broker put in an advertisement to begin auctioning off the land. No, Ozzie's not like, Jerusalem. All right, all right, man, can we just settle this, you and me? I'll suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I will Please. shut my eyes so tight. <laughs> I'm real good. <laughs> <laughs> so they couldn't read English. And the broker had put out the advertisements in English. Oh, no. Oh, so shit. they had no fucking idea this was happening until the day of the auction. <gasps> oh, no. They just had to stand there and watch as some of their best land was auctioned off, including the land they had built their settlement on. Oh, my God. That's what such a terrible a... day. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Word. Fucking. Oh. That guy, that <laughs> real estate brokers, am I right? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, obviously, Oswald could not just let this happen. Uh, he went to Milwaukee where he met another good Catholic from Sheboygan. He loaned them the money to settle their debts. And it looks like they did eventually pay the man back after quite some time. That's good. But, you know, yeah, I mean, they had a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a Satan on their side, I guess. Yeah. Did I say Satan? Satan. A saint. I know. I was like, mm, Or, Satan. I mean, Satan. You know? I like <laughs> Satan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't know what he was doing behind closed doors. That's very true. Our Lord and Savior, Satan. <laughs> this quick thinking saved them from being exiled from their ark. Now, the town tried to be self-sufficient, but they still had to make money to purchase goods that they were in desperate need of. Uh, their crop yields had been erratic and unreliable at best, and they had mounting debts to pay off. Uh, fudge nuts. Yeah. So, you know, they sold what little they could, um, but they also made goods to sell in other towns. So they kind of become like wandering, not only like, merchants but also kind of beggars um we'll see that kind of play right. out a little later interesting mm-hmm. making bead art yeah um weaving seemed to be a big thing which is actually Ooh. where our last name comes from weavers 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 um many of the sisters in the now two fam- female convents um weaved hats and baskets and also made things like snowshoes that's pretty useful yeah very much so yeah dude is it true that snowshoes back in the day were sometimes made out of like guts like cat guts and stuff like that oh I've, it's like the sinews i've never heard yeah of i mean like the caning do you mean like it. you mean like like stretch taut over like a um like to kind of create like a um like well, kind of like a flat surface to yeah i mean like the the basically the weaving work is sometimes if you look closely you can see the barbs that you know is is also indicative with like tripe and stuff like that so i mean I've never that heard, could be yeah i've never heard of that i think um, grandpa told me that once or something like that yeah he, i mean he, he would probably know i yeah. bet there's a shit ton of cats around <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean and in desperation me, wow. yeah i mean in, de- <laughs> in desperation you kind of you know use what's at hand you know mm, your guts look like perfect <laughs> i have a ton of barn cats to this day oh, oh yeah oh for God, sure yeah. they look rough <laughs> <laughs> so all the- they look like they are road hard and put away wet <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember Ashwell. <laughs> i got this bag of cheeseburgers <laughs> So all the proceeds that they did make uh, went into the treasury of the whole association. Because again, remember, this is a communist um, settlement. Mm-hmm, you know, so yeah. everything is in common. Everything is shared. Um, nobody has like their own, you know, uh, money and stuff like that. It's it's all put into one uh, treasury for the settlement. There's like a shared underpants barn. <laughs> 
<laughs> God forbid you're the last one there. <laughs> so, still needing more money, Oswald had the town begin practicing more industrious enterprises. The construction of a flour mill was a start. Nice. So this is a little contradictory as you remember that one of Oswald's big things was right. industrial industrialization. Is the devil. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in desperate, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Measures. I mean, it's good for everybody. Flour mill and make food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, and it benefits them. You know, right. like it's, it's you can sell it, but it's also you know now you have your you know getting high on your own. Supply. And I mean, I'm sure it can be justified <laughs> for like you know medieval to Renaissance peasants and stuff like that. Like you know that could have been synonymous with that. Yeah, and you know, and this may have not. But I didn't really. They didn't go into detail about like what the mill was. The extent. Yeah, but so it could have just been a. You you know, kind of your practical, you know, grindstone um, type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which might be more likely, um, but still, it's sort of getting into that industrial mm-hmm. kind like of a like mass way. production mm-hmm. type. Exactly. Yeah. 1859 was not any less kind than 1857. Again, the crop harvest was a complete failure. The town was now faced with a food shortage, and again, they went to Milwaukee and neighboring towns for assist- for assistance. They were able to procure uh, procure enough to sustain them. So this is where, you know, kind of like I said, they were kind of now becoming beggars in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so one interesting thing that we kind of forget in the story is that the Civil War is raging through the country. And even as detached as the association tried to be, they were not immune from the effects of war. Wow. Due to the rising prices for supplies and food, things like grain and other commodities cost three times as much as they had before the war. Oh, goodness. Oh, jeez. It was also during this time that they were first introduced to paper currency, which they just kind of looked at. It was like, what the fuck is this paper bullshit? You know, like, wow. yeah, which is, you know, just kind of a fun, like a little funny. Anecdote. Oh, and that fluctuation during that time of paper money mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you know, switching over to a whole, you know, new kind of economic uh, structure, you know, and so something they just were not familiar with at all. So in 1864, they faced their most severe winter and then an extremely dry summer. This resulted in wildfires breaking out. Towards the end of July, they said the smoke was so thick that it was impossible to see more than a quarter mile. This dry summer also brought a long drought. Jeez. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> everything's burning all the time. <laughs> the story, like, as I, as I read it, it always reminds me of, like, um, Candide not, or Optimism. So, like, I believe Voltaire. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, the whole story is about this dude and just never catches a break. Everything is just shitty, Nothing's shitty. Nothing's ever like, coming constantly. up Millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, also in 1864, 16 men from the colony were drafted into the war, which, you know, that's a significant amount of manpower. Oh, wow. Four young men took off for Canada, supposedly to start another colony, but I kind of doubt that. I think they probably just dispersed once they got there. So yeah. 20 men were uh, just left, had, wow. to, had to leave that year. After this, though, things seemed to chill out for a while for the colony. Uh, they had become mostly self-sufficient by this time and sort of began to settle into their daily routines and maintaining the community and the pious life. Um, Oswald had erected an orphanage for the village and the surrounding area, and they also began construction. Wow, that, that says a lot, huh? Well, that's kind of the thing is like, if you can say one thing, one legacy that he has is that he did a lot for the religious community in that area, in which we see, mm -hmm. you know, the, you kind of still see in the area, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, that, that may also kind of reflect how many children were probably left around from all the deaths and leaving and stuff like that. Yeah, very much possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So they began construction of a seminary, which would become, uh, which would later become the high school. Um, Oswald wow. had also set up two convents, one for women and one for men. Uh, they would grow, you know, there would be the two for women and then another one for men, right. you know. Um, and they were in full swing by this time. Um, so those in the convents, they didn't hold strict vows like medieval monks or anything, but they did have to promise to observe, you know, the, the normal stuff like poverty, chastity, obedience, uh, not, not out of the ordinary stuff for convents. Um, yeah. A vagina drying place. <laughs> <laughs> There's a drought all around everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this is a kind of a, a very interesting part. At the Feast of the Holy Rosary, Father Oswald asked everyone in the colony if they wished to devote themselves in a special manner to the development of their spiritual lives amidst their manual labors. If so, they should sign a piece of paper, which would make them incorporated members of the association. This would turn out to be kind of a lie, but we'll get to that later. Uh-oh, he's lying? Well, we'll get to that. Mm. So those who did not sign were not incorporated, and... This may have been a way for Oswald to kind of get a better view on who was truly devout and who could be trusted in the management and the financial logistics of the new settlement, uh, particularly after he's gone. What a shrewd, shrewd yeah, man. Do you, do you think he was somewhat feared at this point, like because of the, the hardship that they had been going through and like, you know, he's grappling to kind of um, make some kind of organization to this? Well, I don't know if he was f- feared. Um, the relationship that he had with the rest of the settlement, it was much like a uh, father to children. Oh, okay. Um, he was... Some people weren't butthurt about he it. He was the patriarch. Okay. I mean, and, and the way they structured it, it was very very much a patriarchal system. But um, he was a strict patriarch. He was, he was strict. Um, you oh, know, dad. People say not, un- <laughs> people say not unkind, but um, strict. You know, obviously, as you would expect somebody who's just, who is very devout and a good old catholic dad yeah. you know and it will and you know and they all followed in line and i guess there, there is a little bit of fear there because he is seen as like a prophet and has a That's connection true. to god well and he's kicking people out too <clears throat> if they're not it's not just him though it's other people in yeah, the true, association true. as well mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know obviously he's the last say but other people kind of following him are also you know like one thing they love to talk about is like how happy they are when people leave that they didn't think were um you know, pious enough. Cutting out that cancer. Throngs. Yeah, yeah. Throngs of them, mm-hmm. huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, those who did not sign the paper were were not incorporated. And like I said, it just was probably a, a way for them to kind of tell, you know, who, who could be reliable. Um, Oswald had been a busy man. But all good things must come to an end. By mm. 1871, Oswald was 70 years old and his health began to deteriorate. Oh my, he made it... <laughs> Good for you. That's like being a hundred, you know, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, seriously. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. So he performed one more healing, possibly an exorcism, and performed the last rites of a dying member. Oswald gave a speech, which Anton Stoll, Stoll wrote Stoll. down. So I want to read this, and let me know your guys' thoughts, because a few parts kind of gave me pause. Um, but, you know, just kind of let me know what you think about certain things. I can't things. wait. <laughs> Quote, Our vocation is by no means to gain earthly riches or make many dollars, as the American generally says. To desire that that, it would not have been necessary for us to come here. We all, with a few exceptions, would have had it better in a worldly way had we remained in the fatherland. I'm talking to you, (laughs) Stacy. Don't want to point any fingers, Steve. (laughs) Yes, I myself could have provided a more peaceful life for myself if I had so wished. However, our destiny was an entirely different one. 
If one beholds in a true light those who live only for their own advantage, one finds that they too have to put up with much that is unpleasant, yes, often difficult. Therefore, my children, never forget that we are only pilgrims on this earth, and that time is only given to us to prepare ourselves for heaven. Otherwise, I am, with only a few exceptions, well pleased with you, and if God gives us his grace, we can still do so much good. As far as I'm concerned, death will not come so soon. But if it were to, if, but if it were so decided from above, it would be all right with us. We therefore hope that everything goes well this year, and that we that we will all come one step closer to heaven. Again, let us put aside more and more of our faults, and this grow more and more ripe for heaven. Of course, many a one of you will not live to see the next year, but that matters nothing. For one had not, for one had nothing to lose in this world. We only live for God's glory. I want to bless you all. Any thoughts on that? Um, it sounds like he's trying to kind of soften the blow or maybe just justify like all the horrible things that he's put his colony through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, yeah, exactly. That was my thoughts too. You know, it was, it was, look, I know shit's bad guess, you know, Stacy. Mm-hmm. I know, you lost I know it's rife with sweetness and judgment and also the acknowledgement that he kind of knows that he's going to die. At yeah, some point very, soon. And that's funny you say sweetness and judgment. Yes. It's very, very Catholic, you know? Yeah, you know, for it's, sure. It's that, you know, the righteous love of God kind of thing. I He's know like, I'm watching all y'all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And he has to maintain that, you know, yeah. that fatherly kind of, you know. Um, and kind yeah. of, and, and like that kind of goes into them wanting him to be the Pope or something because I feel like it's making it sound like he is in direct contact with God in some way. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, because you know, to him and everybody else around him, he was, you know, he mm-hmm. talked to God in in whatever whatever shape or form, you know. Um, Dan Carlin used this a really good way when talking about that 15th century um, Munster Rebellion. Um, the guy who was the prophet, he said it was like a walkie-talkie to God. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like he could channel and talk to God. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if Oswald had that same thing, but it was. You know, kind of that same idea, you know. Well, I'm sure it was important to uphold something like that also with the conditions mm-hmm. that the colony was in. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just because people were dropping like flies, really. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm a shambling corpse, but I still got my daddy pants on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you have to keep morale up or uh, mm-hmm. or else everything's for naught, you know. Yeah, you I know? mean, that doesn't boost my morale, but, you know, whatever you... Whatever you like, yeah, you take yeah. from it. Really can. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to also introduce you to my blood boy. <laughs> oh, blood boy, <laughs> Hans. Coming, Mister O. <laughs> so, as creepy as the line is that many of you will not live to see the next year, he was somewhat right. Two yeah. of the brothers from the convent for men were dead by that February. Mm. Oswald caught a severe cold and was infirmed in his bed that same month. He still tried to do his duties, and he rose weakly to give sermons and perform rites, but he returned to his bed where he would pass. He lingered for eight days, giving message- messages to Stoll, and seeing those in his colony one last time as they came to see him. This is the point where Stoll writes about <laughs> Stoll, uh, where he writes about Oswald talking and reaching his hands out to some unseen entity, you know, and then you hear oh, yes, about all the that. like all the windows clattering and yeah. at his passing, yeah. So he finally died on February 27th, 1873, 19 years after arriving to the New World. 
He had a good run. Yeah, yeah, you know, he tried. <laughs> so he was dressed and laid out in St. Gregory Church for one for a day and a night, where people kept vigil. Ooh. His body was moved to the Holy Ghost Chapel for another three days and nights. After a little more parading around, his body was placed in the crypt under in a, in the crypt under the altar of St. Ambrose Church. Sounds melty and juicy. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it was February, so it was probably still pretty cold. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's great. Good which, thing it was Which not makes a lot of sense. That's probably why they had him out so as we, long. Well, as we said last time, you know. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, like. <laughs> Dude, I was totally looking at pictures of, like, frozen coyotes yesterday, and, like, that shit is <laughs> fucking crazy. Frozen coyotes? Yeah, just, like, you know, they're just out in the winter, and they just freeze and they're like there was one where it was a fox and a coyote i'm so sorry getting like so <laughs> off track but a fox and a coyote just frozen mid fight but the way things look when they're frozen i can't imagine like he's just like you know actually it's funny you said that because i have a picture saved in my phone it's from the first world war like after the first world war and it's um a ton of horses from the cavalry all frozen in snow so oh it's like God. so they're, so they're all um, all just their heads are out. So there's just like hundreds of head horse heads sticking out in like grimaces of like tear. It's just, it's fucking. Oh my God. I can't wait to see that. Dude, it's fucking, Seriously. It's fucking rad, that dude. does sound pretty cool. It's really, yeah. I'm like save to my phone. I know. Sick. Same with the coyote and the fox thing. I was like, that's really fucking cool. <laughs> so as we said last time, you know, the tomb had not been built yet. So his body was left in the coffin in view of all until the vault could be finished. During the building of the vault, the arch of the vault collapsed. So they had to begin again. (laughs) God damn it, Jerry. (laughs) Sorry. I forgot my hammer this time, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they opened the coffin to gaze on the corpse of Oswald, stating that he had not decayed at all. And yes, it's February. So that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) One man was convinced that Oswald was not in fact dead, but in a trance state. It took some convincing to get him to accept huh. it. He just needs his glasses. I, I just imagined, yeah. <laughs> I just imagined him, like, pawing at the, the coffin, you know, like, and just, like, trying to pull He's him like, off. He's like, Ozzy, give me kisses. <laughs> my girl reference. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, he's like moving Oswald's lips. Like, no, I'm not Well, you know, that makes sense, I guess. So he was finally sealed in the coffin and put into the tomb 62 days after his death. Wow. He would not be gazed wow. upon again. Yep. So it was would... like April by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if it was still cold. Uh, I guess, yeah, depending on that winter. Man, I wonder if he had like blood collecting and like sores developing. No, all they, kinds of things. no, no. Crazy. So he would not be gazed upon again until 1926, where they said he retained his shape, though the skin had shriveled to become sallow in color. I I think he had some work done. (laughs) (laughs) His breast. I mean, it is 1926. (laughs) He's going to be a star. (laughs) So this was, but that was interesting that, you know, his skin was still intact because the iron parts of the coffin had rusted and fallen away. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty interesting. So the tomb would become a place of pilgrimage shortly after his death, where settlers would come to visit. In his last will and testament, Oswald wrote this. I give, devise, convey, and bequeath forever, after my death, all goods and houses which I have caused to be built for the association, and also all the lands which are deeded to me and recorded in my name, to the association of St. Nazians, under the only condition that the association as such 
consisting of the brothers and sisters, shall pay those debts that stand against my name. Should brothers and sisters wish to have their share of the land separate, then the division shall be made according to the number of inmates of the houses. Should it ever occur that the association wants to dissolve and uh, it dissolve itself and disband, then those persons who have contributed money or their heirs should be reimbursed first. Hmm. The residue should be used to pay the other members of the association of their labor as far as it goes. For the administration of the property of the association after my death, a community shall be put in power. Oh, sorry, a committee shall be put in power, which the committee shall scrupulously take care that the administration is a good one and that the above-named purposes, as far as possible, may be attained as good as I would have done myself. Flash forward to like a hundred years later. Welcome to Piggly Wiggly. Go pack. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on to name those appointed to the committee, um, stating that if one dies, they'll be they will elect another to replace them. Uh, now, now Oshwal, the visionary, spiritual leader, and essentially manager and administrator of the settlement, was gone. The new committee, the, the new committee headed by Anton Stoll, had to try and keep the dream alive without their spiritual leader. Ah, well, that's not going to end well, is it? Nope. Mm -mm. So Oshwald I mean, with a shitty last name like that, I'm just (laughs) Stooley, Stooley. This place smells like shit. (laughs) (laughs) So Oshwald, you know, he had done a lot of good in the area. He created an orphanage. He erected some schools and convents. He recycled? No, Yes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He smelled his own farts. (laughs) For sure. Oswald had also borrowed a lot of money to build many of the churches and other projects. So when he died, Anton Stoll was still the chief administrator, and one Father Peter Muntz was now the spiritual successor. They were tasked with completing the projects and paying off the debts. And life seemed to go on for a few years as it had, until hardships came again. Mm. They began with the members of the association themselves. Muntz had made changes to the daily routines and religious practices, advising that because of the hard labor they perform daily, they should discontinue the recitation of the divine office in German. So many of the brothers and sisters didn't really understand why he made this change, and they complained. Uh, for the sake of peace, he allowed them to carry on as before. Um, the only reason I could think that he would do that was because maybe trying to get them to learn English a little better. Mm. But for them, I mean, that's the, that's the tongue of the fatherland, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And yeah, it is, you sure. know, it's, so it's a little. You know, and especially since it's not Oshawa, they, you know, they probably would have done it um, without complaint if Oshawa had proposed that. Right. But, you know, since he's not there, the structure begins to fall apart. Um, Mm. So this caused the first ripples of dissatisfaction amongst the group. Many from outside had joined the association and left shortly after. Um, Which, again, you know, they always just talk about how happy everybody was, was that they left. (laughs) teacher's gone I mean I wasn't going to say it but fuck that (laughs) you know but some outsiders stayed and they became fixtures in the community Um, but many were becoming dissatisfied with how the new administration was running things uh, particularly when it came to finances Mm -hmm. Uh story as old as time Mm -hmm. yeah right since Oswald was no longer the authority the dissenters began finding loopholes to make his will void under the law They were able to do this, stating that since the association was never legally incorporated into the state of Wisconsin, that it did not exist before the law. Which, I'm not sure if Oswald had meant to do it, but never got around to it, like incorporating it legally, Um, or if Stoll totally screwed the pooch on it, you know, which which is kind of before, on the last episode, I kind of made Stoll sound like a a real, you know, dick face. Yeah. But um, this is kind of where he fucks up. 
you know, it's it's just he he had a job to do. He was the administrator, and mm-hmm. he just didn't do shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for for what for whatever reason. He's a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it makes Ashwald's whole display of having people sign that piece of paper. Um, it just kind of was kind of a lie, you know, like because oh, he never yeah. legally incorporated. So people who signed it to be incorporated later to find out they were not incorporated like it just meant nothing oh that must have been devastating yeah the bad man so technically according to the law oswald had willed the property to no one the remaining brothers and sisters who were loyal um brought it to court but they ruled that the will was null and void so was this just poor um kind of cultivating and writing of these these um functions or what did it just kind of fall apart despite what he wanted um because um, Oswald didn't take the legal, the the correct legal avenues, like okay. just him not um, actually incorporating it, the the settlement. Um, that's what made it fall apart. Because you know, without without that, um, you know, there there's there just there is no um, legal legal precedents for you know. It's just them. a bunch of people playing house essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and yeah. everybody wants mm-hmm. to be yeah, will to power and stuff like that. Yeah, so. Um, with this, uh, those who wanted to separate from the association, they were demanding not only the portion that they had contributed to the original fund, but they also asked for wages for the work they had done over a period of time. Ooh, shit. So, like, mm. back pay, pretty much. Mm. Um, some, you know, some of the members just tried to drain the association, asking for insane amounts of back pay, you know, right. which they just didn't have. Right. Um, one piece of evidence brought forth, uh, was a testimony by former, uh, by former member of the St. Nazian's colony, uh, Conrad Morchen. Morchen, yeah. Morchen? Morchen. Um, he brought the suit against, uh, Stoll after Oswald's death, and the evidence from the court reads as such. All of the personal property, such as horses, cattle, machinery, and other things necessary for use in running the businesses, were the property of the deceased. Instead of organizing an association, as stated in the rules made in Germany in 1854, after the arrival here, Father Oswald assumed the control and did the business. The testimony as a whole discloses the fact that there was not even a voluntary association because Oswald owned all the property and ruled all the members. It is said that he was generous to a fault, and those who were dependent on him was as that of a little child in its parent so that during his life, there was hardly a thought given by his people for the future. And that is essentially why it fell apart. Because, again, you know, we have to remember that Oswald had said that the apocalypse was coming, you know, sometime towards the end of the century. So there was no real forethought because, you know, what what are legal... You know, what are legal and financial things if the world's just going to end and we're going to be entering the new kingdom of God? What is law, man? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as naive and like short-sighted as it is, you know, you can kind of understand like how it happened. For sure. And also, you know, he said it was going to happen by a specific date. It didn't happen. And that just created more disillusionment. Mm. So the remaining loyal members of the colony immediately legally incorporated themselves. Um, cases were dropped, but others pressed their suits for over 10 years. Uh, the court hearings demanded that the representatives of the association make frequent trips to Manitowoc, often on foot and through the deep snow. Oh How far God. is Manitowoc from uh, St. 
Um, I think it's pretty far. I would think so. Yeah. Manitowoc always seemed pretty far yeah, away. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Spanitowoc County, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure, like, how far away mm-hmm. it is. It's, yeah, you know, I can't remember now. Well, shit, anything on foot I mean, in may- the snow. Possibly yeah. a day or two trip, you know, mm-hmm. I, on foot. I, you know, I really don't know. Um, the court finally ruled that the claimants were entitled to their original contributions, but not for the back pay and wages. Um, they tried to file suit and appeal to the circuit court, but the court upheld the first ruling, and this ended the legal battles. Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? It's really nothing, nothing yeah, they can. Yeah. yeah, it was just kind of like a big flub, you know? Yeah, like, it's like, well, you guys, you know, went to this colony, and it didn't didn't pan out for you, so yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's like, you know, but yeah, it was. I think that may have why they somewhat try to make a, you know, they, they try to even it out because it's obviously like these people are just being fucking greedy. You know, right. like trying to drain the settlement who like already didn't have a ton. Right. So in 1889, Oswald's closest partner and right hand man, Anton Stoll, he died. This seemed oh. to be another blow as one of the founders and one of the original six who arrived on the land was gone. Wow. Another tie to Oswald. By this time, the association only had 1,500 acres of the original 3,840. Mm. And the association's valued assets and property valued at $41,890, which is just a little over $1 million in today's money. Wow. So for a whole settlement and community, like town, it's, it's not a lot. No, that's not a no. lot at all. Yeah. So much of the best land had, had actually already been sold by that time. That's unfortunate. So as the century drew to a close, the association was not doing well. The death of 105 members during the year since Oswald's passing had depleted its ranks. That's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sisters of the con- or the association seemed doomed to extinction since many families left and the brothers and sisters of the convents had no children re- to replace them, you know, being celibate and all, and no one was joining. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we should have gotten freaky shit. Yeah, that, that short sightedness really, really coming back to him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the people in the convents who were really the ones that were still really loyal to the settlement, um, they had only been living the convent life. And many of them didn't have some of the more specialized vocations or skills to upkeep and continue the daily routines. Right. But, you know, not wanting the community be, to be for naught. They reached out to their fellow kin in another Catholic and other Catholic associations, societies, you know, so et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And this is where they heard from the Salvatorians. Dun, dun, dun. The founder, Father Francis Jordan, had been inspired by similar conditions as Oswald back in Europe, and he founded his own society in Rome in 1881. Their society fared much better than Oswald's, <laughs> and they so. actually thrived in Europe and America. I mean, Oswald, could it get much worse? Oswald's ghosts, like, I don't even care or anything, whatever. So, yeah. So on the association's behalf, um, their contact wrote to Rome uh, to request help from the society. They asked that the remaining members in St. Nazian's uh, could unite with the Salvatorian society and become members of the congregation, you know, just as long as they could still carry on Oswald's legacy. Uh, Father Jordan went to America to assess the situation and the circumstances of the association. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, he arrived and he met with them, and he wrote that they were in a pathetic state. I'm sure that was being kind. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does sound right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, after a brief assessment, Jordan went to discuss the matter with the Archbishop in Milwaukee, um, which, you know, if the association did be integrated, that would be now their new head location. Um, they agreed to the terms, and they made an agreement. By 1896 or 1898, depending on what you read, 
St. Nazian's was now incorporated into the Salvatorian Fathers and the Society. These names are very, like, cult-like. They the are. Association, the Association, the Society. Yeah, yeah I can very... see why, like, there a lot of the urban legends are yep. just screaming cult Yeah, everywhere. so kind of like we, as we said at the beginning of the episode, now we can start to kind of see the seeds right. of urban legends and things like that. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, the members of the society began to implant some of their people to take care of the administration and running of the college, um, because obviously the you know remaining members of the association just couldn't do it if so, they wanted to survive. So by this time, they were um, they had like a college going. They did, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Muntz stepped down as the president and the spiritual leader of the association, and St. Nazians now had powerful allies and were no longer as isolated. The town grew with the influence of the society and worked in the area as a prominent religious organization for years to come. So there were some tragedies that happened in the town, like a fire breaking out in the boys' dormitory at the JFK Prep. Like way in the future? Yeah, this is like a little, probably like, I don't know... 40s, 50s. I was like real quick. I was just thinking about that guy saying they're in a pathetic state and like going to maybe take communion or something. Like, yeah, we lost that chalice a long time ago, but we got this bucket if you want to put some wine. In <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might have to clean it out, but is that is that a goat in here? <laughs> no, he's the priest. <laughs> Oh, mittens. So uh, no one was recorded to have died in the fire, though. So uh, supposedly all the boys were gone. But again, uh, we can see how some of the events create those urban legends or they get blown out of proportion, you know, no matter how much we want some of them to be true. You know, I think there was an urban legend about a fire and and deaths due to the fire, but there was no uh, record of anybody dead. How many times can this fucking place catch on fire, dude? Yeah, heaven, more like hell. (laughs) 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 So one thing that we should mention as kind of a closing note, when Oswald died, people talked about the curse of Oswald. Yes, I've heard that. This is probably one of the biggest urban legends. Yes. So it was that his spirit had become angry with what the association had turned into and those who had wronged him and the town. Uh, They said that one day he would get his revenge. I'm watching you jerk off right now. (laughs) Put down that fish. And boy, do I have some notes. (laughs) Curses. So so he would one day get his revenge. In 2000, St. Nazians and the communities in the surrounding area were hit hit by a severe storm. It was called, as I guess as meteorologists would call it, a thunderstorm supercell moist microburst. <laughs> Whisper that into my ears. <laughs> hey baby. Hey baby. <laughs> so moist. Michael. Oh, I'm gonna give you a moist microburst. <laughs> so it was reported that winds got up to 120 miles per hour. Wow. Cre- that's that's like, like hurricane. Hur- yeah, force. it's hurricane shit. Yeah. yeah. St. Nazians and Chilton, Chilton received some of the worst damage. The estimated damage totaled around $122 million. Damn. There were no casualties reported, but some said it was Oswald's revenge. Did they really? Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, some people said that. I mean, we did go there after 2000, and and that shit was ravaged. Yeah, it was was super fucked up, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's just in his grave like... (laughs) So that's... uh, Yeah. (laughs) Get you fuckers. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'll show you. Story. And uh, that's the story of Oswald and St. Nazians. Oh, wow. Like, that's uh, definitely from the first episode. I mean, as I'm sure the listeners will notice, like, a complete turnaround and, like, just our view of, like, yeah. what the colony was and who Oswald was, you know. And the spookiness that, you know, kind yeah, of followed I, the story. It's really easy to get caught up in the, you know, the stories and things you want to hear, especially if you're kind of like us and we love, like, that the paranormal, urban legends. And paranormal. Yeah. You really, you want to believe it, you know. Right. Well, when you go there, too, it's yeah, just it's like, it's shit. like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's gotta be on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, you couldn't pick a better, like, horror movie ghost, you know, like, like, abandoned ghost you know, story right. kind of thing. It, mm-hmm. it is like a, it just it is a great setting for for anything like that. Yeah, and um, also as a side note, when we went there, I don't know if we talked about this in the first episode. I don't think we did, but um, when we were exploring the church together, we found this little accordion folder which had a, a stack of of letters in it. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, it was labeled "Mother's Last Letters," mm-hmm. and uh, it just so happened that the guy. The priest they were being written to was buried in the cemetery right there on the property. That's yep. right. So we'll we'll post pictures of that along with the pictures of that we took while we were there. Oh, not to mention that like if you zoom in, you can totally see a demon face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put we'll post some of the pictures from when we were oh, there. Oh, and we were all gothastic too. Like, uh, it's like twenty, almost twenty years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like get, getting up there. Like, oh my god. Like eighteen years. Yeah, ago we are getting like old, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't, don't you dare say that. But it's cool too when you go there. Like down in the basement, they they use it as a haunted house, or they did at the time, which is totally badass. And they had like spray painted like demonic shit on the walls. Oh yeah. And, yeah. I think I, mean, I think that was more graffiti. I don't think the satanic stuff would have been but in they're a like, haunted fuck house because it, well, it's still it, a very yeah. religious community. Mm-hmm. You That's know? true. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, there was a, um, what else was it? It was, they had turned it. Oh no, there's a um, thrift store. That was, oh, yeah. that was on it too. I used to go there frequently and it was really great. I got really? some I got some kick-ass boots from the Aww. 80s and all kinds of like sweaters with uh, you know, puff paint on it and stuff like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was pretty groovy down there. And it was huge, which was Fifth awesome. Mhm. Mm. So I do want to kind of put out an advisory um exclamation here is anybody who is in the area or who wants to go to ghost places I would not recommend that you go to St. Nazian's right now. Um, it is it is owned by somebody still, um, but they have really cracked down and got very strict with um, oh, trespassers. Bet. Oh, yeah. So if you do, I don't want to say you should. Um, be very careful, but you also will get arrested. you will get arrested and you will be fined, hef- like a very hefty fine. Yeah. So just kind of add that little caveat in there that is as intriguing as it is and as much as I would love to have people check it out um just, just look up pictures you know there's yeah. there's plenty I mean, of people who have a lot of great oh, pictures, mm-hmm. of pictures. And we'll post some pictures that we that we took as well yeah. uh, and when we actually got to on the old in. film cameras yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know as another additive to our listeners too there's a lot of resources of spooky places in wisconsin because That's wisconsin true. is a spooky oh place yeah we will be sure. returning to the uh to our home state yeah, yeah. and i i mentioned this documentary uh, in the first episode but wisconsin death trip i bet you There are so many resources of places you can go where some of these, like, really strange, really er eerie suicides happened and stuff like that. And not Mm -hmm. to mention some of the activity that could go along with it. Because, I mean, like, 
one guy like blew up his own head with dynamite like it, it was some crazy wow. dude, shit that's fucking yeah intense, he, he, he he buried dynamite put his head o- over it and then there was some kind of tubing system and then he lit it and then blew himself up really wanted to go out with a bang oh, oh. with a bang oh. walka, walka, walka. <laughs> <laughs> well um any closing thoughts or anything or um no i i'm actually like really it's it's amazing to know like the history around it now because we had been there a few times Mm -hmm. you know when we lived up there oh yeah ages ago but um it's it's a much different feeling than the one that we had from just knowing the urban legends yeah and you know It'll always be spooky in my heart. Yeah, oh, you know, it is. and like we yeah. said, it's it's always really easy to get caught up in urban legends, you know, and you know, and it's fun too, you know. Yeah, I, I was mean, gonna say because they're fucking awesome. Yeah, every small town, every city, you know, every every state has their own urban legends, and you know, it's just it's fun and it's cool. But you know, I, I always recommend doing research and kind of seeing because sometimes you might find something really even cool. spookier either either spookier cooler or you know something that actually does bolster like some urban legend um it's generally rare because they generally are like very similar from from place to yes, place yes they are yeah you know so um yeah i would definitely just say you know always do your research and um that's kind of how we stumbled on the story was doing the research and instead of finding cool truth to the urban legends we found a story that i i really think is is really interesting it is it's it is an interesting story and it's really like a nice snapshot into into history about i'm sure similar to a lot of people's stories trying to come over to america for better opportunities yeah, yeah, oh yeah, or or just being you know a pi- early pioneer, you know, in those yeah. early days, like kind of heading out that way. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously Donner Party comes to mind, uh, <laughs> you know, the most famous. <laughs> yes, they they fared much better than them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Italy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I guess. Oh, also, everybody, kind of as a fun additive and a time marker to the piece that we're doing, Scary Stories has been out since yesterday. Oh. Everybody, and that was always a classic for us as kids. That's so. right. I've, I've spent many a night yeah. in Wisconsin reading those books. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So go out and see it. It'll be pretty awesome. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, we will be back uh, with another episode. We will be kind of shifting gears next one. Uh, I'm not going to give away what it's going to be. Oh, but um, yeah, it's definitely going to be something a little uh a little more gruesome and cool oh hell yeah so awesome well thank you very much uh take care thank you i'm heather i'm caitlin and i'm chris signing off bye-bye bye